0: to the More Than Words podcast. You know who you got here. We got myself, Shara, and Liz. Yes, and two together. We are the Aunties of Inclusion. So we want to welcome you to a great show today. Listen, I usually don't just tell you early on that it's going to be a great show. But let me just tell you what you're about to, you, listen, make sure you turn your volume up, clear out whatever you had planned while you was going multitask. I need you to be fully focused because we have an amazing guest, an amazing guest out here for you, Liz. How excited are you for right now?
1: I can tell that you're very, very excited about this because you usually hold out on the excitement and it, usually it's me that I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm fangirling! But I am definitely fangirling. I'm so excited. We'll go ahead and do just a brief little catch up and into our auntie moment so that we can get into our guest because this is an amazing guest. And people don't know this and I think I'm gonna start recording them or at least videoing part of it. But we usually do discovery calls with all of our guests. I know I'm giving everybody what I'm doing, but we do discovery calls, right? Because these are vulnerable conversations, and it oh and, and like it's always like, why are we recording? Right. This is amazing stuff. Right. It's yes. so Y'all, ah. y'all
0: don't know, but y'all about to get some of it. Because i I'm telling you right now, listen, I got a little hot flash going on because I'm so excited. Like, my underarms is hot. Like, they is hot a little bit because I'm ready. I'm so excited. Listen, before we get to that, though, right? Okay, Liz, auntie moment, right? We got to catch people up. What has been going on? So for those of y'all just don't know, Liz and I have been on a world trip, clearly. More me around the world so I can see Liz. So I'm literally <laughs> off the high of our UK strategy planning friend catch up me i making sure that my girl is good over there living her best uk life but i haven't had a chance to talk to liz all week so i'm like liz what's been going on i'm giving you the auntie moment i'm putting the pressure on you right now
1: so i put the pressure on you last time now you're putting the pressure on me I allegedly because they don't you know work.
0: they allegedly mm-hmm. don't know they don't know they don't know okay. how you treat me <laughs> <laughs> i treat you with love I
1: so the record.
0: look. that's for the record that's for the record listen call her out y'all know how she treat me y'all go ahead
1: so i do have two stories one of them is the real auntie moment this the first one though is a confession i gotta i gotta usher the confessions here oh.
0: Where's the music? See, that's why we need to get music. Okay, I know, because then you can Wait. cue in. These are my
1: confessions.
0: We can't afford that song. No,
1: oh, we go have yeah. some instrumental. Something we can't afford. Um, that. <laughs> but so I have two children, as everyone knows. Uh, they are they, and 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 this kind of relates to the topic that we are going to discuss today. And you know, Cheryl, when you were here. At our house, and we were having a very vulnerable moment about where we were each at in our lives, and and I think reflecting back, and I've been doing reflecting a lot back this week on on a couple of things, and I'm looking at my journal. That's why I'm looking at this way. But um, we'll, we'll go into the the actual auntie moment here. Maybe this is it. Mm. But this is where I was telling you, you know, as much as we want. The, the future right we have all these things that we want in the future and we aspire to and the and, and and oftentimes we hear be present be present enjoy where you're at enjoy where you're at um and i think I think I told you that a lot over the last week where I was like you know Shara being in a relationship and having a family like you're gonna want to want you're gonna have to want the good and the bad that comes with it. And you were like yeah yeah okay <laughs> you're like I still want it right period and, <laughs> um because it is it oh my gosh it is just it is a challenging moment I think all my moms and all my caregivers and all the people who are in, in serious or in relationships with someone else you uh, you realize very quickly that it's not about you anymore it's not your timeline anymore it now then does have to be an integration and you have to be very firm on your values and boundaries when you either become a parent or you're a caregiver or you're in a relationship or whatever it may be um this weekend my culture definitely came out this weekend for those who don't know in the mexican culture we have a thing called a chancla (laughs) it is the flip-flop right and sometimes that chancla or the flip-flop just like you're mad and you're annoyed and it just kind of slips off your foot like just very slightly like you're like oh you rein it back in this time the chancla came out and it <laughs> there was no violence don't worry y'all my kids are fine don't call child protective services on me
2: but it definitely
1: slipped out a lot more than what I thought I was like I was just so angry and then you know i had this break breakdown moment i quickly i said you know what i need five minutes i need five minutes please respect my time i need five minutes they're crying i'm crying i go and i call my best friend at the time right you need to go and call your people right then and there so i call my best friend who's also a mom and i said i just can't take this anymore i don't like who i am with these people why are they here All that to say, I go back and think about my words for the year, and I think about why my values and my boundaries are so important. So two of the things that are kind of guiding myself, and we talked a lot about that in our in our 2023 episode, was surrounding joy and love. And so in those moments when that chancla wants to come out.
0: <laughs> right, I know.
1: Whatever it is. To whether it's your relationship or your children or your job or your partnerships or your, you know, being single and, you know, all this stuff. Right. At the end of the day, I have to take a moment back and say, what are my values? How am I applying them in this in this space? And trust me, that is hard as hell. I'm telling mm-hmm. you about that right now. It is hard because in that very moment, you're like, I don't care about my values. I'm gonna like these kids. Okay.
0: okay, in the heartbeat. It's sh- first of all, Liz, look at you being all vulnerable today. Go on and tell your whole story. First of all, those of you don't know about that chocolate. Let me tell you right now, for those of you who maybe a cultural difference, it could have been a spoon. OK, it could have been whatever is at the hands of the person who is at a level of frustration that is unknown. But, you know, because you, you were on the other side when you was a kid, they they pick up something and it's to scare you. OK, it's like, a you know, that OK Corral when it's a Western and something just like, you know, what I mean, That's one it. of them. That's things.
1: exactly what that chunk I look like. That's like, all it I- is. <laughs> So whoever's
0: trying to Google it, can't get the spelling right. I'm trying to give you the context of what we really talk about here. Okay. It's that woo-woo, right? Whatever it is. It's always something. It could be a lotion bottle. I've I've been here on the other side of that. as a care. Like, what you going to do with that? I'm still scared though. Okay. But anyway, first of all, I'm proud of you, Liz. Like, listen, being in a part of your family for that week, um, it's a lot of moving parts. And um, there's a lot of needs individually and collectively that have to be addressed every single day. So... One, thank you so much for being vulnerable for all those who are probably the moms and the parents and the, the the caregivers out there who's found themselves in these situations who needed to hear that, right? Because we talk a lot about, you know, what we've been doing more positively, but we also got to tell y'all about the work. Like sometimes, look, our yeah. days is just as hard as everybody else days. We just, we choosing our energy by the time we get in here.
1: Well, and also it's really difficult. And I'll say one last thing about it and we'll hop into our guests, but- you know it is hard, and I and I don't know if you can relate to this, share, but definitely as a Latina woman who's trying to actively break generational curses.
0: Come on, don't tell them, don't tell them with the generational curse pressure. Come on.
1: Which we'll have we'll have a whole episode on generational curses and like yeah. as parents trying to actively break those right and i'm not saying that the chancla is a generational curse No. But what i am saying is if i pull that chancla out that's gonna tell my kid that they can't be vulnerable and that they can't speak up in this house and in reality my husband and i have worked very very hard to make our home very vulnerable um they are two they're they're boys and i'm raising men And I'm raising responsible, good humans, kind humans who are actively doing things to help others, right? Not just being good with intention, but good with impact. Um, And it is hard, it's hard because in that moment, that heat moment, it is hard to step back and reflect and say, okay, breaking generational curses, breaking generational curses. (laughs) That's exactly how I was telling myself too. So, just well, you that. know what?
0: I'm proud of you because it's not easy. It's not easy, and nobody talk about how sometimes it could be challenging. And, th- and though that's not an experience I share, I could definitely know frustration, and I've been on the other side of that. And and go ahead, I'm proud of you. Listen, that five minutes was a bold move, okay? You because everybody at the height of their emotions—that's a bold move to step away. You do it. That's that corporate. You be like, I think we all just need to have a moment here. Why don't we regroup in five? <laughs>
1: You know what I mean? I sure did do the corporate lesson. We all need to just take a moment. And oh, I, little know. I know, I know. My corporate voice, y'all. Go ahead and
0: get up. <laughs> I said, I already knew what was happening. I said, "Girl, no, she did not do that." Okay, so listen. All right. Let's let's do it. Let's let's get going. I will say, I am super like fangirling. So listen, y'all. Um, Let me tell you about our guest. So let me just say. Y'all already done heard all my little journey, my journeys, right? My single journey. I haven't talked in detail about that, but there's some topics that are on the slate for 2023 that have been like the ones that I'm like, okay, I'm ready to have this conversation, right? But when I saw this cartoonist, right, I had, so you know how sometimes when you go on social media, You find these gems that really kind of hit you at the right time when you need to, when you need it the absolute most, right? And so I have been following this cartoonist, and I was like, man, like every single visual, whether it was about relationships or being in your singleness or, you know, just your individual your individual like monologue in your head, every time it was resonating with me. And so one of the biggest pieces was, you know, when I think about you know, my friend circle and the role that I play, I'm, I am the single friend, right? I'm, it's not very many of us. I'm a few, like I'm definitely like the only, like I'm, I'm the third wheel. And so sometimes that matters, sometimes it doesn't. But at the end of the day, sometimes there's commentary that goes along this and I could find myself in these um, in these cartoons. So it was nice to have the like, oh yeah, so it's not just me without bringing it up like in a big conversation, right? Where everybody encouraged you like, oh girl, you gotta find your one. And you're like, okay, but that's not why I'm here, right? Um, <laughs> But the second part of that that really resonated with me, and we're going to have a deeper conversation, really was the fact that she specifically spoke about body image. So if for those of you know, who don't do or don't know, I've had a long history with my weight. Um, and then in 2020, I lost a lot of weight, quite a bit of weight. Um, And so indulging and enjoying this new body, this more healthy version of me has been like only the people closest to me have kind of heard those commentary. Right. So when I saw one of the cartoons about, you know, just in general, right, like just the commentary that goes ahead. These are all the things like I'm finding all these things, like really when I met this person. So anyway, we are in the UK um, and this cartoonist is a British cartoonist. So I was like, I meet to connect with you. Like, I don't care if I got to get on a train, a plane, we're going to get together. So luckily we reached out. Like I got my bravery because I was like, I'm a little nervous, my armpits hot, you know? Um, and I reached out to this amazing person um, who actually said yes to us. I was like, wait a minute, did she reply back from this email and this DM? Okay, let me not lie. Okay, I emailed DM. I was definitely stalker, right? I was about to, like, I definitely was like all these things. And so I want to introduce you all. Um, to someone, if you don't know, you need to go follow, subscribe, buy the book, get on the podcast because this amazing person is a what I a black cartoonist who really started her career in 2020 during the pandemic and lockdown. Right, really giving people these amazing, amazing um, illustrations and amazing commentary. Um, she's featured in the uh, in the New Yorker. Like, I mean, her work explores all the things about dating, relationships, identity, politics, navigating adult life, okay? Adulting. And so I want to introduce you to her. Um, her name is Sarah Akin-Tarawa. And if I said it wrong, come get me. Come get me, Sarah, because I try my best. I wrote it down with all my Southern accent and tried to get it right, okay? <laughs> so
2: come on, Sarah. Come on on. I want you come to on, gonna introduce you.
0: So.
1: yay hey. <laughs> yeah hey so yes. excited to be on here so oh Sarah, yes. it was it's so exciting to have you on here when shara told me about you i of course quickly went and stopped you also on instagram and started i was like this is validating all of my feelings from when i was younger and even i mean i still deal i I went the opposite where Sarah was at during the pandemic, where she lost the weight and I gained the weight. I I was an avid runner. I'm I was an avid yeah, and I just like I just started making cocktails. I had a cocktail garden, and then yes, there, there, all that, the drinks was off the chain. Yes. <laughs> so Sarah, listen. I I I find
0: it. like I'm te- I'm tearing up already. Listen, I really want to thank you before we get into the questions. I want to thank you for your voice because. I will tell you as a person who, you know, I grade social media for just a little bit, just to do what I have to do. I'm not a super fan of that because I spent a lot of time overseas where we didn't have social media readily available or cell phones readily available when we were doing our overseas work. But when I tell you, when I get one, you are the first, like, I'm like, what did she post today? Like, Mm -hmm. I need it. I need it today. And Mm -hmm. I will say, I, I just am a fan to see no matter where you sit in the world. And I know you're, you know, you're based out, you know, you're, you're in, in the Europe and your voice is just resonating all over the world. And it finds me all the time. Like when my inner dialogue is at its height, it finds me to be like, okay, girl, you got chill out. <laughs> like, you good. You good girl. Oh,
2: thank you. So that means so much to me because that's exactly how I want people to feel. Um, because I just know that everything that I create is from a genuine, uh, real ex- real perspective and re- they are my lived experiences most of the time. And it's genuinely because I know someone somewhere might need to hear these things. So hearing that, you know, it impacts you and it, it um, it's important to you and it makes you feel something, makes you feel so like, I really appreciate that. And it really warms my heart. So it's just nice to have like somebody um, vocally tell me these things. Like you never know because um, you can't speak to all your followers. You, they can't tell you everything. You only get like these DMs or te- or um comments or likes. You don't really know what people are thinking. So this means a lot to me. Thank you so much for appreciating my work. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, it's always scary when you're pursuing your passion and your purpose in life. Mm-hmm. And then you're you're like, am I just creating stuff just to create? I mean, share and I have that with our podcast. We just started it not that long ago and we've had an amazing journey so far. And it's just like, Are we doing the right thing or you know so absolutely just an honor to have you here sarah so usually when we start all of our guests and um in the discovery call we talked a little bit about the diversity wheel which i think i sent it to you on the chat um but we always want to know with our guests before we figure out like what you do although yours is kind of intertwined with who you are and what you do and but you have multiple different identities as well too but we'd like to, to, to know about this because we want to know who you are as a person and what are the things that are most important to you. So in that diversity, you know, what are the top three dimensions that resonate with you at this moment?
2: Um, Oh, tough question because, do you know what? I'm always trying to figure out who I am. But when I look at the diversity wheel, I'm really drawn to external dimensions. And for some reason, organizational dimensions with like, job classification, manage, management status, all these things, I just don't, re, um, reson, they don't resonate with me at this time in my life. I th- think I'm more focused on external dimensions, um, maybe because of my age, maybe because I'm only about two years into my career, two or two years and a half into my career. And um, yeah, I think I'm focused on trying to create, a, a, a like trying to, to define my profession and trying to, Decide where is my ge- where's the ge- geographical um, location I'm happiest. Do I need more education? Am I happy with the way I look? My parents. What is my faith? Like these are all questions. Like I don't think I'm even ready to graduate to organizational at the moment. So, definitely external um, dimensions at the at the moment, um, and internal dimensions where it's about like age, sexual orientation, race, gender, things that yeah I can't really control, and I've, I'm still learning to just accept them Um, accept my race my identity as a black woman accept my sexual orientation uh, my physical abilities these are all things that kind of have to develop uh, some kind of um, just accept unconditionally accepting relationship with and I've kind of moved past that and more yeah focusing on external dimensions now
1: that's so interesting too because I I think you know especially in, in dei work when we go into organizations or we talk to individuals it's very um linear right mm-hmm. and we don't we oftentimes don't think about the intersectionalities that make us who we are so it was it's interesting how you started with like oh, okay well i don't really identify with organizational di- dimensions but i'm definitely in the external this is where i'm at right now it's amazing yeah so how have you know being in the external di- dimensions and that's where you're kind of sitting at at the moment, how has that shown up for you in either the workplace or in your personal life through stereotypes or assumptions being made?
2: Mm -hmm. I think um, how it's shown up for me in my work, I think my work is very personal, um, which is quite challenging. Um, I feel being like having a, a bit of a social media presence, which I know I don't have the most followers and I don't have the biggest audience but a lot of my work is based on um, my life and things that I have experienced. I try to at times make it not autobiographical but I do have to, I sometimes feel like I have to talk about what's going on with me, my, my love life, my family life, my body image, all these kind of things um so it all kind of intertwines sometimes and I'm sort of monetizing my experiences and monetizing aspects of my life that you know a typical person wouldn't um so it's really interesting because I think I'm having quite a unique experience when it comes to my career and my personal life they're a little bit intertwined but um that kind of does um I think Making a living from creating cartoons about my own experiences makes me forces me to kind of look at what what my what who am I and what am I doing basically. Um like you know, how is my love life going? You know, I talk about it on my on my own podcast, I make cartoons about it, and who are my friends? I talk about these things too. And how do I feel about myself, my self-image, my body image? And again, I have to, I, I talk about it and sometimes I make money from it. So yeah, it, it's um, its unique. It's, I sometimes wonder, would I be this introspective if I was, I don't know, like a dentist or something? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm having to think about who I am every day. And sometimes it's really exhausting. It's a journey. It really yeah. is. I'm so
0: glad you said that because they hear that from me all the time on this podcast because it's like the vulnerability of it all when they start to intersect with what your passion is and you're doing professionally and then who you are I mean it is really challenging because you're evolving like the person I was you know when we started this podcast last June into now has grown so much and the vulnerability of just keep revealing and unfolding different parts of you and you know people sometimes see you in the lens that they last saw you or the last year that they saw you and so you, you they have always the kind have of, an
1: opinion about
0: it They always mean, have serious, an opinion about it. seriously yeah. and want to know the jerk. like they want to they want to investigate like why you so what's going on here why you seem so different like what in all of that pieces you gotta it's hard enough to be vulnerable and put yourself out there and be very passionate about your purpose. But even though to your point, you know, having these conversations for the whole world to hear is not easy. And also your cartoons, like they're going all around the world. And I mean they're really resonating with people. But I will say you have this unique ability, Sarah, to capture the internal and external chatter around really hard topics like dating and relationships and being in the unknown status situational mm-hmm. on you know and then also you really get lead in with adulthood like you would be like okay so we adulting we got some mm-hmm. adulthood but i love and selfishly that it's with the DNI is like a diversity lens it it, it resonates like, oh, this is from a black cartoonist or someone who has a perspective of blackness or people of color, awareness of people of color. And I love that piece. I find myself laughing all the time. Like, seriously, like people just be like, why are you laughing like, you this cartoon? And they read it and they're like, that's because you don't, this not your experience. You know what I mean? Like this might not be your experience, but I just want to understand like how important is it to illustrate and create, you know, this this dialogue visually Um, with a diversity lens?
2: Mm. Um, It's extremely important to me because growing up, I was a bookworm. I loved books with illustration. I loved, um, I was obsessed and I, I was particularly obsessed with artwork that was about people like me and not like the like paintings I'm talking about like little funny little illustrations and cartoons that just reflected people who look like me and not just people who look exactly like me but people of color in general there just wasn't enough and um I remember I'd go to the library and like hoard all the books that I could find with black children and black any anyone who was black anyone who was Asian anyone who just wasn't white and I would hoard them and I'd read them one by one and um, obviously I grew up and I wasn't reading um, books with illustrations as much. I was reading like normal book with no illustration that were just about white people. And most of the stories I was consuming, most of the media I was consuming was about white people. And um, I think becoming a cartoonist was my opportunity to tell our story without making it all about race and the identity of race, but making it just realistic. Like the reality is as women of color, Um, we don't spend all day thinking about being black or being brown or being Asian or anything like that we have very normal experiences like we date we we do our hair we we're just like we're very normal we're human and I wanted to I want to tell our stories while acknowledging our identity but not centering the story around our identity do you know what I mean and that is why it's so important to me and I think that's why white people and maybe people who may be don't um, identify with me and my race feel a sense of yeah identity they they relate to the stories because it's like okay she just happens to be black and she happens to be a woman um but I've I've been in situationships I've I've struggled with relationships as well like or I've been through the same scenarios and I just want to see us in everyday scenarios you know like just normal yes yeah because we are so we're so normal some of us are mediocre and that's okay you know just every day like some of us struggle with our body image some of us don't have big bums or aren't curvy Mm -hmm. and i just wanted to tell these stories and um for and it is for women of color it is it's it's for my community you know without making it obvious i just i think it's i think it's a it's kind of like um something that me and women of color kind of have like an unspoken thing between us like, this is for you secretly, but everyone can enjoy it. That's what I was saying to myself. I was like, I know
1: this for me. I I can completely resonate with that because uh, especially here in the UK, obviously there's not a lot of Latino people here. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the, and, and I, and i go i go to, and i'm i'm in the northwest so it's very it's very there's a dominant culture here right and so i go into some of these places that and i love food you you as you know me sarah i love i love food and i love cooking and i feel like it brings the community as part of it so i i had this experience where i went into this marketplace and there was a taqueria there and i was like oh taqueria it's tacos no it was burritos and nachos and uh no not trying to downplay it but there were two white guys running the the thing and i was like yes. Oy. and you know i had to i had to take a step back and think why is this bothering me so much and i said i know why it's bothering me not because a, a white guy can't do tacos i'm pretty sure a white guy i know plenty of white guys who can do very good tacos it's the fact that you know what like I need to be doing something and and representing my culture in that sense and bringing my flavors and, and my traditions and my community and bringing this out to and I I would imagine that's something very similar to a to an artist to an author like yourself and so just kind of curious I know you have your book you know you turned all your experiences and and your illustrations into your book called What You'll Never Find, the One and Why It Doesn't Matter. Um, what was your experience and what was your why for becoming an author and why this topic now?
2: Um, so my reason for writing this book is because oh, uh, in the last few years, I've had the most weirdest love life ever. And um, it's just kind of changed because I'm in my late 20s now. And it's definitely it feels a lot different to when I was in my early 20s and i feel like i'm more like switched on people say like your prefrontal cortex starts developing at 25 or something like that like you kind of have this switch on moment where it's like oh um i'm very aware of myself and i'm more mature and i'm wiser and not making as many crazy decisions and i feel like in the last few years that's what's happened for me and i'm very aware of how awful men can be and how difficult dating can be and I've learned so much I've been I've been, been in all kinds of um, relationships and I just think to myself and I've just had this kind of revelation where it was like I'm really good on my own I do want to find love and I am a romantic and I do have moments where um, I feel very frustrated that I want to meet someone I want to be in love but at the same time I'm so happy and grateful for being to be single and to be available and to that I show up for myself and I'm functioning really well as a single woman. Like, I'm grateful for this. And I'm grateful that if I meet someone, it would be a very good version of myself that they get to date. And um, I, I want to kind of put this all together and put it in the book so people can, well, if, if someone's struggling in the way that I was before I came to this point, they have something to look to and think, okay, like I can do it too. And another side, side of it is in the book, I talk a lot about how nobody's perfect and you are not gonna meet. Um, one, there isn't one person who you're compatible with in reality. There are so many different people, like there's, a, there's billions of people on the planet and there isn't just one person who is like the person, like you're going to meet so many the ones in your life and you might choose one person to stay with and they're gonna change and evolve throughout your time together. And it's just kind of a realistic approach to dating so that even if you are single, um, you can stay realistic and if you're in a relationship you can also stay realistic to kind of protect yourself and protect your boundaries and like I don't know if de-romanticize the word but de-romanticize the idea of finding love that's what is, is Abs-
1: a, I mean we kind of talked about that that all of that right because it is it's a wonderful thing but you also you have to want the good things and you have to want the bad things that come mm-hmm. with it too right because mm-hmm. right now you are single you have autonomy you you can make all the decisions you that you want to do without anybody telling you no but it's also scary too right like so if you have things that break in your house it's just you right it's everything's on top of you (laughs) yeah and so but you know and and now it's like from my experience where i've been married now for 12 years it's like i can't make decisions on my why can I can't, but, you know, I have to have someone, I have to take someone's in consideration. Now I have right. three people to take yeah. In consideration. Yeah, but I love this because
0: we never talk about how much, The dating and having relationships or, you know, pseudo relationships where people you kind of grab some new things throughout those experiences that sometimes you take on as important to you. Like, I'll give you I'll be honest with you. I never thought of dating and relationships in that way. Right. I was I was taught that you just find your one. So breaking it up and meeting people and then they bring curiosity and interest. And sometimes your red flags are like, that's never going to happen again. okay? but they bring all those things. And then all of a sudden, you now got this new sense of things that are available to you when you date and experience life. And I never knew that was that was a possibility until I started kind of doing like literally just being more open with the relationships that I try out and the people that I meet and, and opening that, that's my mind one. And then mm-hmm. two, enjoying those experiences because, you know, before, you know, I would be like, Oh no, that person, that's not somebody I'm going to spend my life with, but I'm not yeah. spending my life with every single person. So let's just keep, yeah. keep finding things that brings out the the good parts and the best parts of me, as well as them. And then if those things don't necessarily work, at least I brought, I still have those things that I've gained and those experiences. So I'm loving that. Like, I really, that's the best part of like this space. Um, but I will tell you that the autonomy versus, you know, that commitment, sometimes mm-hmm. we playing. That's why I love your cartoons. Because I was like, yeah, I was thinking that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that right now. Because I like to just get on a plane and go and see the world mm-hmm. <laughs> without somebody yeah. with me. I don't need two tickets. I'm just like one ticket for me. But.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh absolutely you know what that's what the book is all about and exactly what you describe like dating but you like going on dates without the um the hope of finding your husband because the reality is you you might not you might just have a drink you might just have a meal and go home and it might be a waste of your makeup it might be a waste of a nice outfit but I feel like just have fun just go with the flow and you don't have to be like you know the superwoman, like I mentioned earlier, like you don't have to be superwoman. I don't. I want to be single. I don't need a, a man. Miss independent. Like you can have days where it's like I wish I wasn't doing this on my own, and um, I wish there was someone else to make a decision with. I wish there was someone to help me hang this frame or help me. And I, I was talking to my sister about this the other day. Like while I do feel feel this way, like while I do feel happy being single. It would be nice to go on a date sometimes and he's mm-hmm. the one. And it would be nice to have someone just help me cook my dinner while I finish my work.
0: Yeah.
2: Or help me with the laundry or something. Yes. So it's about finding that balance and being honest with yourself and realistic with yourself and letting yourself feel all, all the feelings. So
0: you said something. I'm, I got to ask the question. So when you go on these dates, do they know that you got this book? <laughs> um.
2: I mean, the pressure be on. I'll be like, I don't know. <laughs> well I don't always mention it I, I take my time I kind of have to gauge the guy first because it's a very intimidating title like it's very it's it's very negative <laughs> so whenever I mention I, I'm writing a book I'm like what's it called I'm like why you'll never find the one and they're like <laughs> oh you're one of those women like you're like raging No, kind of- no. I'm like, but it's really positive on the inside it's just like an eye-catching um title but yes it does put men off for sure like a lot of my work does put men off I've had men go in my like I'll talk to them on a dating app and then they'll be like oh can I see your Instagram and I refer them and then they've unmatched me because they are so intimidated by the cartoons and a lot, a lot of the cartoons are about you know how terrible men can be and I don't really mind because I think that's that's kind of good for me like you're you're weeding out you're taking yourself out I was gonna
1: could, say yeah the, the, and this is so cliche and this is like an old married woman, y'all, y'all get ready. She's coming out the old married, the old <laughs> married lady's coming out. But you know, one of the things that, um, when I met my husband and I had gone through this whole dating experience of, you know, dating all the wrong people. And the only thing that I got from those guys was music. That's why I have such an eclectic music life, uh, love as Sharon noticed. But when I met my husband, I was like, I'm going to be just myself. And I'm not gonna pay attention to him. I'm not gonna give him my all. I may give him some time. We'll see. Um, and for a long time, I'm like, well, you haven't, you didn't ask me to be your girlfriend. So I'm, we're not really together. And, you know, and it was just, he's like, what do you mean? I was like, well, you can't just assume that we're together. You have to like ask me. And I had all these things, you know, and he just kept breaking all these walls. And I didn't do it intentionally to challenge him. I did it because I knew exactly who I was and how what I stood for and I wanted somebody to enhance my life versus to complete me or make my life or whatever because he very much knows to this day I can now I know how to build a fire in the UK come on I can build a fire by myself and I learned how to turn on and turn off the boiler and I could drive a manual on the other side of the road so he knows. I don't need you. I want you. I choose you every day. He knows that. He absolutely knows that.
2: I love that. And that is such a powerful place to come to as, as a woman, because we're socialized to, we're not really socialized to try and find ourselves. It was only just like in the new age that women are realizing actually we're humans and we have such an abuse of a colorful identity and that we should have access to. We're not just a man's property. And I think it's so powerful to be able to say, I don't need you. You're just complimenting my life and I love you, but I'm I'm already whole I'm on my own. And you know, being in my twenties, I'm not hundred percent there. Like I have days where I'm like, no, I definitely need a man. I'm not complete with that one. But most days I'm like, I'm I'm good, I'm fine on my own. And I'm still learning that because I'm still growing up. I think we're all still growing up. Um, but I know that one day I'll come to that place too, and that where I'm just like. You know I'm good, I'm good, I just want someone who is whole on his own and wants to do life with me, you know not I don't want to have to be his shadow or an asset to him. like we are just two people doing life together and um, yeah, I can't wait for that 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 moment as well.. <laughs>
0: share that same optimism too i think that's the that's what people don't really appreciate i think first and foremost i i didn't I, I will say that i feel like your cartoons are definitely balanced so if people just see one you need to look at the totality of the work because i, de- I definitely feel like it's a balanced conversation uh the second piece is i think it's just one of those things where it's like you know, there's a lot of negative rhetoric around dating right now. And I don't, I just like yeah. kind of ignore it because I'm like, there's a lot of optimism out here. I mean, as far as how I experienced it, I also find that, you know, when people show you the negative, the, the negative parts of them early on, or they got all these requirements and these check boxes, they just not your person unless that's what you want to mm-hmm. sign up for. But I, the, the experience around dating has been really positive, but I think it's gotten a real bad, um reputation right lately just because of like a lot of the media around different groups and and how their interpretation of like value and no value but I'm gonna tell you right now girl be in the streets and when I be in the streets we'll be like hey I'll be like hey hello and I (laughs) well listen I okay I know we talk a lot about data and I'm sorry because that's just what I, I just panning over all your work but you had a major milestone, so don't think. Okay, we, we checked off the book. Okay, that's one. We got that. But now we're going to talk about the fact that you did a whole exhibit at the Cartoon Museum in London. Okay? A whole exhibit. <laughs> so, first of all, y'all, that means she had all this. Vibe. Like, it had her name and all her stuff. Don't disrespect. Like, y'all need to know this is that girl. Um, but we, we weren't able to see it. We didn't know about it, but we found out about it when we did our research. So tell us at least tell the listeners what has that journey had for you to see your work displayed and like what did it mean to see
2: it and, and what did we miss like what was the visual story um so the car so it was a I'm, I was really lucky to get an opportunity to work with the cartoon museum um and it was basically the whole theme was exploring how uh the w- women in cartooning and notable notable women in cartooning so it was my work in response to a cartoonist one of the I think the first woman cartoonist we know of in the UK called Mary Darley and she was um she basically went around London and like would see people and draw them like funny kind of characters she'd see like people wearing weird outfits or like poor people or rich people people from abroad and um yeah she would draw them and sell them sell these like single panel cartoons as prints and unfortunately at the end of her life she was quite poor because her husband had died and she had all these kids and even though she was this amazing cartoonist um she ended her life because she was a woman um quite poor quite um just didn't have a very good life and ended up having to quit her job as a cartoonist and work in a factory i believe and and then compared to me in 2022 because she's from like the 1700s and i'm in 2022 and I'm a black woman in the UK. There were probably not very many black women in the UK back then. And I did, I did kind of a similar thing to what Mary Daly did. So I created a collection of people around London, like different characters, like influencers, tourists, um, the people who work up in the train station, I drew like single panels and gave them like a little, little caption. And we, we displayed it in the exhibition in, in along with some of very Daly's work. And just to see like the comparison, like the, the style of art, the style of language, our different stories. And I just thought how interesting it is now that we have, you can be black and a woman and a cartoonist because in the UK, we don't have a lot of cartoonists and most of them are white men. And it's like a handful of white women. And then there's like, I don't think I know of a single other black woman cartoonist in the UK and even, even in the United States, like there aren't very many either. So yeah, I think it was, it was such a privilege to have that exhibit and I think it's a uh, good, it started a lot of conversations around um, women in cartooning and women, of people of colour in cartooning. So that was a lot of fun and such an opportunity, honestly.
1: I think that's so powerful to elevating voices. I mean, again, like we we put ourselves out there. We say our stories and we tell other people's stories. And I think that's that that visual. I could just imagine the because I'm pulling up her cartoons right now and just seeing your cartoons too. Like there's so many similarities, but there's also differences too because obviously the lens of a black woman in London versus the lens of a white woman in London. Like it's just it's it's beautiful to see all those differences but we are all people right we are all people and we're living in it and we have experiences some of them are similar some are different because of our cultures so it's just so powerful and and just just wonderful one of the things that we haven't touched on and i'm gonna switch a little bit i know we talked a lot about your work and your cartooning um i know you have your own podcast um called hating my body and desirability yes Tell us a little bit about that um, and, and your experience on doing that podcast. So that um, that episode, yeah, I think that's
2: my most recent episode. And it just felt really important to talk about. Um, again, like my podcast, is, it feels more like a or just another way to connect with my audience. And also just kind of a, a place for me to ramble and just talk about what's important to me and also subjects that are often related to what cartoons I create but that particular um episode um I really wanted to bring in like culture and upbringing and things like that and how they impacted my my body image um because I do struggle so much with my body image I I hate what people call like second puberty which is when like apparently I don't know the biology behind it but like I got I gained a bit of weight especially over the pandemic i too was eating a lot and i was loving it i love the fact that you know food brought me so much joy and i wasn't moving a lot you know i wasn't i didn't have to go to work because i was made redundant and um i just sat on the sofa and ate and it was great and i never really lost a lot of the weight um but and and to this day like i'm still like quite thicker and curvier than I, i was before the pandemic and it's just it's been a struggle to come to a place of acceptance that this is my body and this might be my body for a long time and maybe I'm just like naturally more curvier and thicker than than how I used to be and that's okay and not every day feels good Not every day is like a body positive day I might put something on and be like oh my goodness that that does not look good and other days I'm like this is me this is my body and I'm okay with it and um I know that It's, I have a lot of internalized fat phobia and I know I have to challenge it. And I know that it's not all from me. It's also from my childhood, growing up in a black household and the black community can be very um, fat phobic. And I was a chubby kid, (laughs) so which I talk about in the episode. I wasn't um, extremely chubby. and I wasn't very like You wouldn't look at me and think that um, that's a a fat kid. But because my family was so fat phobic, and everyone's quite slim in my family. You know, my siblings are all generally slim, like normal size. And I and I was just, a, a sh- I was quite short and a bit chubby, especially before I hit puberty. And these there were so many comments like daily about my weight and my parents poke fun at me and how much I eat. And I had an uncle say to me once, like, I don't know what the conversation was about, but I remember um, him saying, well, you're not, you're not going to find a husband easily because you're fat. And I was eight years old. Wow. And... I know that, and I wasn't upset about it, but it wasn't, I didn't realize how it was making me feel until I started growing up and thinking I'm fat. Even when I lost a lot of weight in secondary school, when I hit puberty, I got quite slim. I still thought I was fat. And it wasn't until someone said to me, you're not fat at all, you're skinny. Like, what are you talking about? when I'm telling them I need to go on a diet. And I was 11 or 12 years old. And um, And then I was like, I am, I'm not fat. I didn't know I wasn't fat anymore. And it, it's just um, it's just crazy because now yeah, all of that is still in my head. Like all of these things from childhood are still with me, and I'm really glad to be aware of it because now I can challenge it and um, yeah, create my own identity around my body. Image
1: and I'm and just body. sitting here and thinking about how I was when I was because I'm ten years older than you are, Sarah. And so I'm just and it makes me so sad that we're still yet creating and and I and I have nieces who are. Fifteen and in their early twenties, and they are all going through the same thing. And I'm like, when is this, when is this cycle going to end, right? Because, yes, there is like, you know, growing up in a Latin community, we had the same thing. Very, there was a lot of fat phobia in there. But then I didn't have the tools to figure out what I should be eating because the only vegetables that I used to eat was were the tomato and the onion and the salsa. That's it. You know, everything else that we had, you know red meat, rice, and tortillas, like, the, <laughs> so I had to relearn all of this stuff. And then, and then I was just fighting for a number and fighting for a body type that I actually was never going to be attainable for me, mm-hmm. because I do carry extra weight, you know, I am extra, I'm curvy. So I'm like, I really had to change my mindset on you know, I don't want to be skinny. I want to be strong and flexible and, and, you know, and strong. So yeah. it's, just, it's just sad. Yeah.
0: I would, I would say, yeah, this, this episode hit hard for me quite a bit. It was like all, like all the things that you said, the reflective, the comments, you know, the, the balance between just the, the childhood piece is really not as resonating as much, but the desirability, right? Like owning my own calm commentary about my body and when I look in the mirror and what are those things that I need to affirm and like what's real right like for me I'm like okay I can't be 10 more pounds since yesterday like that's ridiculous we're tripping like you got to get it together Shira but I also need to be like okay I don't like if I really don't like what I see or I want to mm-hmm. affirm and those types of things, then what am I going to put in action? Mm-hmm. But the other part is really that self-talk, like, okay, I, this body is really doing all the things I asked it to do every day. So how, how about I love you for a little bit? Let me just love on you. And also, you know, to your point, the curves are, they do change many as all, all over time. And you know, things just start to just look different and feel different. And I'm like, I gotta embrace this. Cause I'm not about to go and get no surgery to change it. Um, even though I know that no shade, no shade to anybody who does, but it's like, no, I want this body is for me. And if I'm gonna love this, this body, then yes, I have the balance between what my mind is telling me, my eyes are telling me and what I know in my heart, who I am. And so I love that episode. If y'all haven't listened to that episode, make sure you like subscribe to Sarah was just given life in that episode, and I think it would be a great something you take with your friends and go have a conversation when y'all get the wine out and have a conversation. But we're coming to the end of our times here, and believe me, I don't want it to end. But I, I want to just start with like a reflection and really a gratitude, quite frankly. I mean, you cover so many topics in the work that you do. um, And I'm so glad that you not only share your illustrations with the world, but also that you have your podcast and your book and you exhibit your work in museums. But I just appreciate the, the, the fact that when I come to your site, I don't have to deal with anything other than just being a person, right? Like I'm I'm not hit over the head with all the things that's not working in the world. I get Mm -hmm. to just have a human experience with your illustrations and I'm not concerned about what's not happening, right? Like I get to have humor. I get to have like some validated moments. I get to laugh about like some things I've told myself or, you know, just in general, just be Just be present. So I want to thank you for that. But I also want to give give to our audience the question, like, if you're not experiencing social media or other places where it's really bringing something in meaningful for you, try some new content. And I'm pointing you over here to Sarah's stuff because... whatever stage of life I think you'll find it like I'm telling you my I'm fangirling over the new train series like yeah. the bubbles over the people on the train i would be like I was just on a train and I'll be trying to know what people be thinking and I'm telling you I done had them thoughts or I thought other people had them but if y'all know what I'm talking about y'all better sign up and get on Liz <laughs> yeah
1: so well you know it's funny Sarah because I'm reading a, a book about a truck train commuters and then when I was looking at Sarah's Instagram I'm like the same book like what is this but Sarah I, first of all I just want to thank you so much for create being so courageous and brave for doing something like this for seeing a need and saying actually there's not enough representation there aren't people that look like me let me just go ahead and create it because if it, that that takes so much bravery and courage and you know and and putting yourself out there and being vulnerable so I want to actually challenge our audience and our listeners to, to take that as an example of, of, of what bravery and courage and vulnerability looks like because you can be all three of those things all at one. And I think you're a great example of, of what all those three things looks like. So I want to thank you for coming on the podcast and I'll open it up to you to see if you have any closing remarks or reflection for us.
2: Well thank you guys so much for having me. Honestly like this was such a a meaningful uplifting conversation. And um I think um yeah all I have to say is um I hope that anybody who needs it um took what they needed from the conversation especially around body image, around showing being being yourself when it comes to dating, dating realistically, um just showing up for yourself and I really hope that um yeah especially In terms of the diversity, Will, I really hope that anybody um, who's in the same position as me and just focusing on like your social status, your education, your parents, your body image and things like that. um, I really wish you strength and resilience as you navigate this really interesting, complex, beautiful journey that is life and identity. And yeah, I really appreciate talking to you guys today. And I'm really excited for this episode to come out.
1: We are too. And thank you for bringing humor to something because oftentimes it is a very serious conversation and I think humor really helps kind of facilitate that conversation. So thank you, Sarah, so much. And thank you to our listeners for following us. Please follow Sarah on Instagram. Yes. All her, all her links. Please. Let's go ahead and bring wealth to her and her family yes. and her futures. Okay? Yes.
2: Yes. So yes,
1: and while you're on it, please go follow us too and bring wealth and you know all that <laughs> stuff to our futures. Like let me just go ahead and put that in there too. But yes. follow us on More Than Words podcast. Um, send us the guests, send us your questions, um go to morethanwordspodcast.com, follow us on Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, wherever yeah. you want to hear your podcast.
0: Yes. All Bye. Bye.